All right. Well, for some of us, I was a little trip down memory lane with some of those folks. But um, did you notice how many times in those stories, and somebody's mom, their dad, their family situation came up? I mean, something that all of us have in common here. And I have no idea what kind of family you've come from, but we come from one. Some of us, um, it's the family that we were born into. Some of us, it's not. And I think that that as we, we talk about this word from the Lord about honoring your father and mother, I think it's we need to lay on the table kind of what what I understand about this place that you are in life. Um, you know, one of the things about coming away to college is that that you are, some of you are, are learning for the first time now that you're away from your parents just how broken your parents are. You're starting to see them as people. They're, they can be unreasonable. They can be fearful. They can be distrustful. And you probably got some glimpse of that when you were under their roof. But here away at a unique time in your life, and maybe some of you have figured that out long before you ever came away to college. I think the other thing that, that is, is, is true about this place in your life, and I know that many of you are not anywhere close to having a ring on your finger or putting a ring on somebody's finger, but some of you are. But the reality is that, that, um, that part of God's plan, it says in his word, that, that a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Part of God's design is that new families are made. And in some ways, whether you are dating somebody or not, you are at that stage where you are actually being prepared for that. You are being prepared for that leaving of father and mother. So it is not an accident, I don't think, that some of you in this room have less of a desire maybe to communicate with your parents, less of a desire to go home. I, I, I know that many of you love to come back to school because this feels more like home, not just a house, but I mean like the Chattanooga, your, your roommates, your friends, your, the community that you have here feels more like home. And that's not an accident. So what on earth are we supposed to do then with honor your father and mother in the midst of all that? Well, let's just talk for a second about what this word means, honor. What does it mean to honor your father and mother? The word literally means in the Hebrew to to give weight to. The word means weight. So you you are, in, in, in honoring your father and mother, you are giving weight to their presence in your life. Practically, I think that that means some things. That that instead maybe of cutting them off completely from your life, that, that they still have a presence 
in some of the decisions of your life. They still should have some sort of voice in a decision in your life. Here's the only example that that, um, I can really think of in my own life. You know, I've shared some of my story up here that raised as an atheist. My dad was a philosophy professor when I became a Christian. You know, there was obviously, I was was kind of a, (laughs) I did a lot of leaving (laughs) way before I went to college because I was a little bit obnoxious when I first became a Christian towards my parents. Because it's, it's easy at times, and let's be honest, sometimes we Christians are not the best at extending grace to those around us. And I was certainly that kid in high school. Because I came to know something that they didn't know. And so I just basically said, you don't have anything to say to me anymore. So I'm going to do what I want. I'm 16 years old. I know exactly what's going on in this life. And I know we laugh about it, but that's, that is some of the, what we think. And maybe some of us would, you know, change the age, but that's the attitude that we have. I didn't really get convicted about this whole idea of honoring my father and mother until I was trying to decide about where to go to seminary. Seminary is the school that you go to, to to train to be a pastor. You study all this different stuff, whatever. And... For some reason, I don't know if I heard a sermon or if I was just reading it or something, but, it, but I, I felt compelled, I felt compelled to ask my father, who's an atheist, his opinion about where I should go to a school about God. I felt compelled because for most of my Christian life, I had cut him out completely I felt compelled to all of a sudden ask for his advice. And it was a remarkable change in our relationship because several of his friends at the University of Washington that were professors with him had gone to a theological school. And they said, well, John, your son's going to a theological school. He should look at these and these and these and these. And it started a conversation. And I can honestly say from that point on, my relationship with my dad changed. My relationship with my dad changed. Now, if he had said, like, you know, you should go to, you know, the Philippine School of, of Resurrection or something like that, I'd probably gone, ah, you know, I respect you, but um, I'm not going there. No offense to any of you that went to that school. But, um, but it opened up a door for our relationship again. Because I gave weight again to his voice in my life. Um, please stick with me, those of you that have already written me off on this talk, because there's going to be something in here for you. Um, did you ever wonder for a second? I never wondered until I started studying this, you know, these last couple of weeks. When God uttered these words to that community of his people at the foot of Mount Sinai, how parents heard this commandment. You know, we always interpret it as like through our ears and we're kids, right? I mean, I'm a parent also now, but, but, you know, you all, I don't think any of you, many of you are parents, but think for a moment 
how parents hear this commandment. Now, some of you might be going, well, yeah, parents probably love this one. Honor your father and mother. That means I can do, tell you whatever to, you, you know, I mean, you're supposed to do, and you're supposed to say, you do exactly what it says. But think for a second, it's, yes, I know in the New Testament, it says children, obey your parents, but honor is different. I would think that as a parent, that when I hear honor your father and mother, and my children hear that, I begin to think, I should probably be the kind of dad that is worthy of honor. I should probably be the kind of dad that this commandment is meant for. So think for a moment, instead of just interpreting it through your ears, how parents might hear this. And whether or not you're living in such a way that, that um, is honoring to them and whether you honor them by the way you include them or not include them in your life. Now, I'm going to jump into the New Testament like I did last week because I think Jesus in the Gospels through his teachings and through his healings and miracles. And he addresses these commandments as he walked along the roads. And there's two stories that I think that most of us have interpreted this commandment through. One of is it comes in Matthew 12. And you might know the story that, that Jesus is teaching to a large crowd. And somebody comes up to him and says, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to talk with you. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers? And he looks at the crowd and he says, these are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father, whoever does the will of God is my mother and my brother and my sister. And I think that a lot of us have taken that and said, well, yeah, yeah, Jesus then threw away honor your father and mother because look, his mom and his sisters or his mom and his brothers were outside wanting to talk to him. And he said, I don't want anything to do with them. This is my family. But think about this for a second. Is that what he was doing? Is that what he was doing? You know, later in the, in the same, uh, as, as people are coming to him and wanting to follow him, he says things like, you know, whoever leaves father and mother and brothers and sisters for my sake will receive a hundredfold. When somebody comes up to him and says, hey, I want to follow you. And then he says, but first I got to go bury my father. And, and Jesus says, hey, go with the dead, bury the own dead. Jesus seems... To just come and completely cut off family. But I think that we need to be careful. We need to remember that what I'm gathering, what, what I'm gathering from all of those different stories of Jesus having some hard things to say that those that were using the family as an excuse. that we need to remember what the situation was in Jesus' day. And we need to remember where we are in our own day. You see, 
In all those accounts, Jesus seemed to be able to look into the situation and know exactly what the person was saying or thinking when they said, hey, your mother and your brothers are outside, or hey, I need to first go bury my father. He was able to see those people that were using their family as an excuse for following him. And some of you might be in that same boat. Some of you know in your heart what you were made to do in this life. But your father and your mother have told you something different. And so you're following them. Some of you have wanted to do other things in your life. And maybe you even sense that God is calling you to. But your mother and father have said no. You know how this usually comes up in my office? It's when we announce like we're going to in a couple weeks that we're going to the Dominican Republic like we do every spring. Or it comes up when, when, uh, when somebody is wanting to, to think about spending their summer and a mission trip or a summer camp or something like that. The number of people that we as a staff walk with that, that are having pushback from their parents on this is incredible. Absolutely incredible. It, the number of parents that want you to do other things. You need to hear Jesus' words on this. That, that one of the things that many of you have probably already noticed and, and sensed that the reason why you love a community of fellowship is that this, your, your core group, the people you live with, you know, this community that is formed around you, it feels more like family than maybe your family does back home. And part of that is Okay. It doesn't mean that you absolutely cut your family off. It might mean that you don't do exactly what they say, though. When I did ministry in the University of Colorado in Boulder, we had a ton of engineers. How many engineers, engineering students, any kind of engineering? Yeah, okay. See, if we were in, in Boulder, like this part of the room would all raise their hand, okay? The number of conversations, though, that I'd have with guys that were, were engineering students, and I would start talking to them about engineering, and I was like, man, how'd you get into engineering? It's like, well, I took engineering 101 or whatever you take, and then and I got an A. I'm, I'm really good at engineering. And then you start talking, you know, over the years, you start talking to them a little bit about it, and you're like, is, is that what you want to do? And 20 years from now, you see yourself doing whatever engineers do, and they're like, No but I'm good at it. And my parent, my dad was an engineer. My mom was an engineer, whatever it is. It was amazing how many students were doing what their parents told them to do or or thought that they should do. But in their heart, they loved doing something else. 
We'd go on mission trips just the same way. And they'd, they'd play with kids. And they would be like, oh, man, if I could teach kids, it'd be awesome. But I'm an engineering major. I'm sure you guys are different. But that's the way it was in Colorado. Um, <coughs> the second thing is this. The, the positive side, though, that Jesus was doing when he said, this is my mother and my brother and my sisters, is whoever does the will of God, is that Jesus was redefining family. You see that in his day, only bloodline determined family. But Jesus was creating a community of people. The people that followed him were family. And so he knew, because he's the creator, he knew how important that is for us to have family, to not be alone, to not be lonely. He knew how important that was. And he was redefining family. The other story I want to hold out is this one in Matthew 15. It's a little bit complex, but, but basically... Jesus was chastising and rebuking the religious leaders of the day about this commandment, honor your father and mother. He said to them that, that you have this tradition among you that if your father and mother need help, you can say to them, hey, I know you need help. This is a paraphrase, but go look it up, Matthew 15. This, I know you need help, but I just gave my gift at the church. It's the, the verse that says, whatever I otherwise would have given to you is now Corbin. Corbin was the word for this gift devoted to God. So, so the Pharisees had said to their, their little followers that, that like, hey, I know you're supposed to honor your father and mother, but if you really can't, just give it to the church. And Jesus chastised them for that. He goes, you're neglecting the tradition and the, and, and, and the word of God. So in that passage, it's clear that Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. We're not throwing on your father and mother out. And you can't use me as an excuse to not do that. This ties in really well, I think, that, that with what Jason was talking about a few weeks ago about, about keeping the, or taking the Lord's name in vain. Ascribing things to the Lord that he has nothing to do with. And it's interesting, I think the farther we go into the series and the Ten Commandments, you'll see how all of them build on top of one another. So, for those of you that have cut off completely your, fam- your relationship with your mom and your dad because you've given it to the Lord. Jesus says you can't do that. And I know many of you are a long, long, long way away from supporting your family. They more likely are supporting you right now. But put this in your heart somewhere and file it away that there will come a day that you might have to support your mom and your dad as they have supported you for so long. And Jesus will look at you and say, don't say you've given it all to me 
Because part of the way that I have created my family is that people take care of one another, including starting at home. So, what are the lessons from this? Some of you need to respectfully and with honor follow the call of God even when your parents say something different. Some of you have that decision in your head right now. Some of you, it might not come up for several weeks or several months or a year or two. But some of you will have to overcome your fear and not use your family as an excuse and follow what you are called to do. Others of you in this room need to stop being jerks to your parents. Even if they are broken and sinful people. And you need to give weight to their voice in your life again. How many of you are trying to decide what to study right now? What to major in? Thank you, I didn't even want you to raise your hands, but you did, that's great. (laughs) How many of you would call your parents to ask for their advice on it? I didn't. I'm not gonna stand up here and say I did. But my parents had a pretty good read on me from raising me for 17 years seeing the little phases I went through, the little things I was interested in and not interested in. It doesn't mean that necessarily you have to study what they say, but I I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that that will plant a seed of honor and respect back in your relationship if it has been ugly up to this point. Now, what about those of you that have been abused, neglected, hurt, and broken by your family? There is good news for you in the scriptures. God, again and again and again, says, plead the cause of the fatherless. Defend the fatherless. Do not deprive the fatherless. I am the father for the fatherless. God knows your family. He knows what has been done to you. And absolutely, Absolutely, do you not have to do everything that is told to you by someone who has hurt you so badly? It is time for God to be your father. You might think that I'm contradicting myself as I stand up here and say this, but I don't think I am. There is a way to honor a father and mother even a one that has just gave birth to you and nothing else. It is by living a life of faith, hope, love, courage, and confidence. 
knowing that God is the only one who can reconcile all things to himself and you don't have to. So, why would God include this in the first half of 10 commandments? Why on earth would it be important to say, honor your father and mother? Just as last week, when I thought it was interesting, and I still do, that one of the very first things he tells us to do is rest. Why does he say, honor your father and mother? Well, one of the answers is that it's, this is the only commandment that has a promise attached to it, so that it may go well for you, so that you may live long in the land that is given to you. There is something about the structure that God has set up in families, whether they are the ones you were born into or adopted into, that works. And let me give you an example. How many of you, when you begin to give weight and honor to someone else that is close to you, does that relationship change and begin to go better? You see, I think that there's something very foundational in what, what God was saying in the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother because if, if you learn to love and honor and respect those that are closer to you, when you do leave, guess what you will do to others? You will honor them. You will give weight to them. You will, as the New Testament language puts it, you will consider others more than yourself. So, one of the reasons I think that this commandment is so crucial for us is that in the Old Testament, God is laying out the foundation for his people so that it makes sense that when Jesus says something like, love others as you would love yourself, consider others before yourself, give weight to someone else and not just yourself. Think about this for a second with the people that you live with, with your closest friends, how often do you show them honor and respect? How often do you, with your professors, honor and respect? Now, there's a difference, by the way, between honor and respect and kissing somebody's butt, especially when it comes to professors, okay? But think for a second. If you began to actually respect and trust and you treated people with that, how things might go differently from you, for you. I think that this is so essential in the fabric of the way that God has set things up that if we begin to... <coughs> sorry we begin to learn how to honor and love those closest to us, that we will more naturally do that with everyone.
and we will understand a little bit better what it means that people have been created in the image of God. I think the final reason that God said, honor your father and mother is that he was preparing us as a people for how Jesus walked on this earth in a relationship with his own father. He came to honor his father. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a relationship of honor, of giving weight to one another. And if we can begin to understand that with flesh and blood, if we can give weight to someone in our lives again, that we might get a better glimpse of what it means to worship God. This commandment makes so much more sense. Now I know that this was probably, maybe not your favorite commandment. There are several hundred people in this room and several hundred stories of people's families. And I pray that if anyone is in, in, in here, that knows, is hearing something that I'm not saying about their father and mother. I pray that God's spirit would wipe it away. But I know this, that there is something about this commandment that as Jesus talked about it in his own teachings that was vitally important for his people to give weight to another again trusting that God can reconcile and heal. You are not the savior of your family. You don't have to be. But for those of you that have walked away from your family unfairly because you just don't get along, give them another chance. Honor your father and mother. Give weight to their voice in your life again. And it will go well for you, he says. Let's pray together. Our gracious heavenly father. (coughs) I don't pray that um, just out of ritual. You have been a father to me when my earthly father was absent. And I know that that part of my story has been duplicated again and again and again and people even within this room. Would you be the father to the fatherless? Would you comfort those that are hurting. But for all of us that in our own pride who have cut our family off from us because we think we know more, would you restore us? 
Would you teach us what it means to honor? Not just our father and mother, but honor those we live with and those we love and those that teach us, those that we work for. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.